Undeniable Johnny Goldsmith, J.U. Wrestle Talk, and TWG1991 require your undivided attention for however long this takes. Welcome to Snapbacks and Beards. Your discretion is advised. Hello everyone, it's your favourite trio. We are back again. It is Snapbacks and Beards. I am your host for this evening, J.E. WrestleTalk, and I'm joined as always by my two co-hosts, and I do have to say, first and foremost, staring at them both in the camera, the beards are bearding. The beards are doing what they need to do. Yes. They are looking full and lush, full of life. First of all, we have got undeniable Johnny Goldsmith. How are you doing on a slightly different day of recording this week? I'm all good here, yes. Um, busy week with Halloween coming up for my job, but um, we're all good here. Yeah, and uh, you've been uh, been doing lots of uh, lots of scaring. Yes, yeah, scare acting, and it's been normally two days a week, but now it's four days in a row, so I'm going to be exhausted. I bet, I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, as always, we are joined by TWG1991, a.k.a. Stu Matos. Stu, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, very, very well. It's a little bit thrown out that we're on a different day, but all good, all it, good. It, does feel a little bit weirder, doesn't it? Doing it on like it's <laughs> kind of throwing the routine out of it. Yeah, a little bit. It's, it is odd. It is weird. But uh, we're here nonetheless. We're here nonetheless, and it is nice because uh, this is going to come out on a Wednesday, but we are recording this on a Tuesday, so we are fresh on the heels of Monday Night Raw. We will be talking about a couple of points on that, but before we do, we're just going to recap a couple of points on SmackDown. And I'm going to jump straight into it. And I know there's going to be a guy here out of the three of us that is really going to want to talk about this. It is official. We have got LA Knight, yeah, versus yeah. Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel for the Undisputed Universal Championship. JG, take it away. Well, here we go then. So a year ago when he came out in October and it was just like, well, I've always liked this guy. You know, I'm really happy to see this guy finally getting a chance to be LA Knight, not Max Decree. And I always always thought, you know, when he was in, a, in a TNA, I was like, I'd love to see LA Knight in WWE. Just give him that chance. Then, of course, he signs, and it just feels like, ah, but he's he's a bit old, like, you know, and I don't know if they'll, they'll have to do something with him pretty soon if they're going to do anything. And then here we go, a year later, he's getting the best response of the night, and he's now got a shot at the... WWE Championship, which you know, it's not often I get to see someone rise that quickly. And here we are. And I didn't expect this, but I'm very happy to see it. Do I think he'll win, even if he doesn't? The fact he's here and he's main event every week, I'm happy with that. I don't think he'll win, but that's just something which um, you know, I think everyone expects to lose now when you face Roman Reigns, so it's not something new. But it's just surreal, really, that Elliot Knight is getting this massive response, and I don't feel like it is a flash in the pan like some people are saying. I think it's something long-term. And, you know, he's just signing a new contract. Apparently, he is now the number one babyface on SmackDown. This is all stuff that, under Vince McMahon, I don't think would have happened, because it's like, well, mm -hmm. I, you, I know what you want. You don't. And Triple H is listening to the fans in this one. There are some things I question about, but but this, he's definitely listening to the fans and giving us what we want. Um, and I see maybe it's normally the easy way out with WWE to put do a triple threat match, but I wonder if at WrestleMania that's what they do with their golden boy Cody Rhodes is still in the match, but then 
they had the guy that everybody wants in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like I'm to see that. In the short term, I think if he doesn't win, just lose by shenanigans. So then it's not a clean defeat because he doesn't really have an excuse to have a rematch if he loses just clean. So hopefully there's something there which happens, which goes, well, you know, if he would have won if he was by himself or whatever. Um, so I'm just hoping that's how they go with it. Now, just a quick question, just before we jump over and get Stu's thoughts on this as well. His rise, as we say, like I, I can't remember the last person that rose that quickly. If he does lose at Crown Jewel, does that hinder his rise or do the fans just get behind him more? Well, I mean, hopefully it just keeps people just don't change their view on it. It keeps them going. You know, the fact, again, this movement of getting them to that level, if they keep on doing it, at some point they might cave in and be like, well, this guy is, is the need, we need to do it because mm-hmm. they keep on pushing. And I think this will just make it grow. I don't think it will go down. So I think it will do the opposite. I think it will just make it uh, stronger, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined yeah. to agree with you, actually. I think they yeah. would uh, it would just keep pushing. Um, Stu, eventually someone does have to beat Roman Reigns. I know a lot of people are looking to WrestleMania and a certain American nightmare, but is, is LA Knight the guy? I, I don't think LA Knight is the guy, um, and I, but I don't think... I don't think LA Knight losing to Roman Reigns is a bad thing for LA Knight because he has got himself into this position. Like, he's got himself over like this. Um, I just, as as we know with WWE, they like to earmark their their future and their who they have, and I can't see that it's going to go anywhere else um, other than... The one we we're all we're all assuming, um, but then I, you know I guess we thought that last year, didn't we? Um, that 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 was going to happen. I, and it was I, a foregone conclusion. I, I didn't. I didn't. You were you were yeah, on the fence until win. close by. You were on the <laughs> fence until we got closer. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I you know I don't get me wrong. I I wouldn't hate LA Knight winning, um, but if it was to happen, I would hate their choice of venue. I could see, I could see why it may happen because of the money they can throw around. But I think it would be a, an actual established big WWE event, not you know one that they are they are doing because they can get the most money for it. Would would be my view on that? Because mm-hmm. mm. this this deal that they've got with them as well, I think it only goes to twenty thirty, doesn't it? So does Crown Jewel just not happen after that, or do they? They they'll renew it, won't they? I would have thought they'll renew it for, for the money mm-hmm. they can, they're going to get. I think for a while, um, when the first few years it was going on, it really did feel like, oh, we don't have to watch this. It's not that important. But it does feel like the last couple of years they've put more effort into this show mm-hmm. than just some spectacle for the Saudi fans to enjoy. And now that Saudi Arabia has uh, tourists, because I know for a long time you couldn't be a tourist um, unless you're on mm-hmm. business, now they're trying to get more tourists in. So then this could attract more people to go over to their country and see what they're all about because they've got this event to go to. Um, but I think LA Knight winning in Saudi Arabia would be, again, like Stu says, I would prefer it to be at WrestleMania because 
Oh, he won the title in Saudi Arabia. Like, it doesn't feel... I mean, I'd love to see him win it, but it just doesn't feel special if he wins yeah. it there, I think. I'm struggling yeah. to think now off the top of my head. What's the what's the other... They do another event in Saudi Arabia, don't they? Yeah, or so is it... Crown, Crown Jewel, and then the uh... other one normally changes its name every year. But the... like, yeah. yeah, well, they did Night of Champions with Saudi Arabia that this year, wasn't it? Was it? Mm. Was that when... The, all the Saudis were chanting LA night. Was that, was that night of yeah, champions? Was yeah, it? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Cause that, I wonder if that holds any relevance to why LA night is in the main event at Saudi in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if they've yeah. listened to that sort of chants that were going on and on have done that. Would you, would you boys go if you had the opportunity, would you go to Saudi Arabia to watch crown jewel? I mean, for this main event, I would. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd be. I I I love traveling, so I, I I'd go there without a second thought. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I mean, think it's. Yeah, I mean, I look. We know everyone's got the. They question certain morals and certain things like that, and and certain um, you know ethics of certain things. But let's be honest, there aren't many countries in the world that haven't got some form of sort of shady back history or shady thing going on and, and people go there all the time. Like people spend half their lives in Dubai and places like that. So, you know, yeah, I would, I, I, I would, I'd, I'd go, go Saudi Arabia as well. Yeah. I mean, obviously um, the thing is you got to remember what country we come from. <laughs> it's not exactly yeah, well, uh, well, a popular yeah, country yeah. really, is it? So, <laughs> yeah. We're not, uh, exactly. we're not draped in glory, are we? So uh... <laughs> no, no. Anyway, before we start uh, getting too much into what's going on Back in the world, some politics. Uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a there's a lot going on in the world, especially at the moment. But we uh, we won't dig too much deep into that. We will move on and we'll cut towards the end of SmackDown. We will go back to something that happened in the middle of SmackDown. But there was uh, Charlotte Flair was in a match against EO Sky for the Women's Championship. And there was some shenanigans involving Bailey. Uh, she put EO's foot up on the rope. Charlotte then got distracted and EO managed to retain. And then at the end of the match, there was a returning Bianca Belair. And it looks like, I'm going to go to Johnny again first for this, because I know he made a TikTok about this the other day, about it looks like all focus is going to go to two women on SmackDown again, and the rest of the roster is about to be forgot about. But is 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 that where I guess my question is is that where is that where it's heading? Do you think? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my fantasy booking of the women's division would have Bailey win the women's Royal Rumble and face Leo Sky. Which mm-hmm. again, a couple of years ago, this is what happens when you get you allow your character to develop. I didn't really like Bailey that much for a long time, and like the more I watch her now, I've realised that she is the most consistent. She's very good at wrestling and also the promos not saying it's one that i remember particularly that stands out but i think listening to her on the mic is fairly easy to do um so that's the match i'd go for but bianca and charlotte like it's clear that that's what they want to do and we just have to accept that it's just as i say if you look on raw and smackdown count the amount of women who make appearances on the show and what do they actually do besides you know appear backstage maybe help um, and being a tag match occasionally, besides Bianca and Charlotte, they don't do anything with them. And this is why 
a women's only show would be perfect right now because there's more than enough women to do it. Mm. And yeah, Bianca and Charlotte are the two biggest stars on SmackDown. I guess with the merchandise sales, they probably do make the most money, I guess. Damage Control be third in there, I imagine. So I understand from a business point of view why they'd be the top two, but it just means that all the hard work the other ladies put in, I just feel like, how can you stay motivated when you know what's coming? Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Mm. Um, Stu, Bianca Belair's back. We're excited, right? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bianca Belsina has made a, another return. It's wonderful. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've said it countless times. I have absolutely no issue with Bianca Belair as a performer, and she's probably in the top, maybe top three, but definitely top five in terms of athleticism within within the women's division, with, without a doubt. She's she just, I, I just don't get the character anymore. Um, you know, and... I was thinking about this earlier, and I don't want to make too much of a, a comparison and talk about a certain someone that I know we're going to talk about a little bit later. But if you look at what where Rhea Ripley was before she joined the Judgment Day and before we saw that darker turn to her character, and, and what I would say is actually probably the, the real-life Rhea Ripley, but just dialed up to 100 sort of thing, like she was almost in that position, I would say, of floundering ever so slightly. Like I don't think they had a clear direction, and you know she disappeared for a bit, came back, turned heel, aligned with Edge, aligned with the Judgment Day, and and now we're seeing this. Bianca Belair has that for me has that semblance of being a bit stale and not going anywhere. She comes back exactly the same. As she went away, and I mm-hmm. just, you know, maybe they'll they'll prove me wrong, and we'll see a, we'll, we'll see a slow burn heel turn type thing. But I, I just think if they leave it too long, that's not even that is not going to be enough to, to get people, people interested. Um, you know, I know it might be a bit cliche and a bit stereotypical, but the story is right there. Her her husband is in the process and I, I guess are we saying that the hurt profits a heel team now like i i mm-hmm. would assume so like it, it is right there to do that like right there and and i don't know why they're not they're not going down that route to be honest mm. no but i'm just not I, sure where they're going with this because you see jade cargill um face to face with charlotte flair right well there's the wrestlemania yep. match so then when yep. does bianca charlotte happen because again bianca's beat all the four horsewomen except one yeah. WrestleMania would be the logical answer, but now Jade Cargill's around. I feel like, well, she's going to fight one of them. And I don't think it needs to be for a title. It probably will be. No. But it doesn't need to be. So I'm just not sure where they're going to fit Charlotte against Bianca in a one-on-one situation. Survivor Series, I guess, is more of a champion versus champion thing. So, Do you know what? Sorry, Johnny. Do you know so, what? Right. My, Sorry, just with what you were saying then, my, my biggest biggest fear could you imagine like a jade cargill versus charlotte flair with charlotte flair as the women's champion at wrestlemania and cargill does not go over in that match would be horrific that would be my biggest fear that they would Mm. do that just derail 
everything that they've done with with Cargill. And I we've guess, seen it before. <coughs> I guess to make it all happen, what they've got to do is get the belt off EO on an episode of SmackDown to either Charlotte or Bianca. Charlotte and their, Charlotte and Bianca can then go one-on-one at the Royal Rumble whilst Jade wins the Royal Rumble. And then Jade can face the whoever wins at the Royal Rumble between Charlotte and Bianca. And then unless they do uh, an elimination chamber where, I, and I know it's lazy booking and I know you boys hate it, but elimination chamber where one of them can qualify and then it makes it a triple threat at WrestleMania between mm-hmm. the three of them. Yeah. I mean, that, that again, it, it's lazy, as we've said before. However, I, do you, I wonder if, if that almost works in doing what WWE tend to love to do and stretch things out. Then you have Cargill, Bianca, Charlotte at Mania. Um, Cargill wins the title by pinning Bianca. And then we get Cargill Flair because Flair is like, well, I never... I never got pinned, so now you have to fight me on my own. And yeah, you know, I, summer spam. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there's 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 your story booking. Um, it keeps Cargill away from Rhea, um, which don't uh, I I want to see that match, but you know, not yet. But yeah, right. I, I just you know. Also, with that as well, I'm assuming Bianca's got to go heel because I'm. Assuming that Jade's going to, I'm just assuming that Jade's going to come in as a face. It looks like Charlotte currently is a face, and then if Bianca, then you got three faces. So one of one of yeah. them's got to do a heel turn of some kind. I mean, but then if any, you know, people, I, I saw Jade's work in in AEW. She's a very, I've never seen her as a face. So no, neither. You know that that would be it. Would be interesting, um, <clears throat> but I guess what. The, the worry for that would be if she is a better heel than she is as a face, if she's brought in straight off as a face and flounders, because that's not what is natural to her, you, are, are people quickly going to turn on that idea and turn on yeah. her, essentially? I yeah, it's, it's interesting. It'll be, it'll be very interesting to see how, how she comes out and presents when she actually... I didn't know she has debuted, but when she officially debuts, cuts a promo or, or does, does something like that. Just lastly, just before we move on to the next, does, do we know what brand she's on yet? Has that been? No, she, she seems to be everywhere. All, yeah, she's been on NXT, Raw, and SmackDown now, hasn't she? So, yeah. yeah. You know, Johnny, have you heard any word of what brand she might be on? Or no, I mean, as I say, you saw her doing the whole, you know, take, time is up on NXT, then you threw her on SmackDown. It's here on roll, and I don't think they even know where she's going yet. Mm. Hopefully, it's not just free agent and go wherever you want because that is also very lazy. And it defeats yeah. the objective like, well, winning a match to then fight the other champion on the other brand. You don't earn it, you just go, well, I'm wherever I want now, so that's who I'm yeah. fighting next. And it's just, I don't yeah. want that. That's, that's very true. That is very true. But speaking of heels and faces and faces and heels, General managers as heels and faces. Mm. I'm liking this. Nick Aldis and yeah. Adam Pierce. Uh, Jimmy Uso, quite a long story short, Jimmy Uso turned up, superkick Jay, cost him the tag belts. Jay then decides to repay the favour, superkicks Jimmy on SmackDown. 
Nick Aldis says, you can't do that. I'm fining you 10 grand. Adam Pearce says, look, I'll get rid of him. Uh, don't give him the fine. You need to give that to Jimmy as well. Um, I'll take him away. Don't get security to do it. Nick Aldis then says to uh, security, actually, can you escort both of them out? And Adam Pearce says, let the games begin. I'm assuming that he's alluding to war games and tradition, uh, war, well, Survivor Series anyway. My main question is, and I'm going to come to you first with this, Stu. I think that they could, because it looks like Bloodline Judgment Day might have some sort of team against a Cody, Jay, Sammy-esque team. I think they could get away with also doing a traditional five-on-five as Mm. well as that with the likes of, I'm going to, like, your best mate, Ricochet. Uh, Like, people like that, sort of more mid-carders, could represent in in the traditional five-on-five. What do you think, like, are we going to see an invasion? Talk talk us through your thoughts of this whole thing. So, firstly, I'm really interested in the dynamic now that we're going to see between Raw and SmackDown because for pretty much, and I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but from most of matches that I can remember when they've had a Raw versus SmackDown dynamic, Raw has been full of the heels and, you know, the 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 heel team smackdown presented as the face brand with the faces representing their teams and stuff like that this feels very much like nickel this is being quite heelish and mm-hmm. i i'm all for that i think that'd be that'd be really really cool um same same now to answer your question i'm going to almost throw back a bit of a spontaneous question of some stuff i've been writing down and we'll see if between the three of us we can come up with an answer not including not including champions if you were going to have a 5 on 5 on 5 men's raw smackdown nxt elimination match what would your teams be for each not including champions so raw smackdown and nxt yeah yeah, so five from Raw, five from SmackDown, five from NXT. I'm just like, hmm. I, I, I think, I mean, you, you're gonna have you're gonna have Mello in an, in NXT. Mello Breaker Corbin will be in NXT. Surely, would probably now, be three. Are we are we doing this on the basis that uh, there's going to be a War Games as well that's going to take out like Blood Bloodline Judgment Day, Cody, Jay, Sammy, or are we not? No, no. If this was just if yeah, would you, the only people we're discounting are champions. Okay, then my raw would be yeah. o- Cody, Sammy, J. Yeah, Ricochet yeah. because he always seems to get himself in that sort of match or a yeah. match like like that. Like he always ends up in Money in the Bank or a match when there's like a five way. Or he always seems to end up in that. And yeah. Chad Gable, give me Chad Gable. Okay, so the there's yeah. only there's there's only one I'd change from that, and surprise, surprise, you're going to know who I'm going to take out. Um, <laughs> but we are forgetting a big Scottish psychopath that I think would probably make a very good addition to that team. Yeah, um, I, I I I wouldn't have any any issue with that team other than I would probably put Drew in over Ricochet. Um, Johnny, what you what would you where would your raw team look at? 
Again, I'd probably have Drew in there. I think I'd probably have Cody Rhodes as the leader of Raw. Uh, Jay has to be in there as well. Yeah. Sami Zayn, I mean, I'm finding any excuse to keep him out because I'm bored of Sami Zayn already. Um, I think because of a perfectionist that they are, I think you need Ludwig Kaiser in there. Oh. Because Gunter would be like, well, I'm a champion, but I need you to represent Imperium, represent this great sport and represent this great brand. You know, that kind of yeah. thing. I feel like he would be in there instead. Yeah. Maybe maybe take out Chad Gable. Um, because, like, you know, it's harsh for me to say, but you do need someone like Ludwig Kaiser in there. Yes, you need the baby faces, but you also need someone who isn't really on their side, but it's like, well, it's representing the brand and it's representing somebody else who I am very proud to be teaming with. So that's why yeah. I'll work with you. And um, again, I, yeah. I, I threw my, my question for Drew, you know, potentially Drew because that power game, but you know, Bronson Reed, throw some more spotlight on, on Bronson yeah, you Reed. You need yeah. a yeah. mix of uh, talent as well in that sense. So like for me, yeah. it'd be Cody, Jay, Drew McIntyre, Ludwig Kaiser, and I'll say Bronson Reed again, just somebody of a different stature. It, it, it can make it can make yeah. a star making performance, which again is is kind of how I guess that your would be a good idea for how you've said Jay with actually if there's a bloodline, Sammy, Cody, etc. War games, they're going to have to dip into a slightly different pool of talent yeah. for but mm. for this um, SmackDown. What would you where where would you go? Would you, I guess so? I've got four. I'm just struggling on the fifth right now. I'm not going to write down roster while I do this. <laughs> I mean, so, Escobar would be in there, I assume. Well, it depends if you're looking at if it's heels, if it's going to be heels up against them or not. Well, I, I think again, we've got we'd, we'd have a little bit of a mix in in on on Raw. So, I think would you look Escobar KO? I, I assume KO would be in there. I would have said Jimmy Solo. Oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they'll probably be in there. Yeah, but and. and then I would have said a town down under. Oh, the the only mm. thing, and again, I guess it's difficult because of that heel face dynamic and split. Would Jimmy and Solo be? It would that be played a bit like we do it for the Bloodline, we don't do it for SmackDown. So that's a way they could potentially write them out of not not being yeah. in it. But yeah, I. Do you know what? As much as, as much as I like a town down under. I am going to go another way. I'm going Escobar, KO, Jimmy, Solo, and Sheamus. I'm have a return in Sheamus. Um, and if, okay. if he's it, if 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 Sheamus was injured and couldn't make that, I'd have Lashley as the powerhouse. Well, if if we're going this, then then chuck Ricochet out a raw for me and give me a return in Randy Orton. What? <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Um, I mean, and and NXT or and NXT, I had Mellow Brom Corbin trick, trick, yeah. Well, I think for SmackDown, you know, you're forgetting John Cena is on the show. Yeah. Well, yeah, but is he a free agent or is he a SmackDown guy? And LA Knight as well, actually, isn't mm. isn't on that SmackDown, isn't in that SmackDown team. 
Yeah, um, I actually uh, felt Austin Theory would be part of it. Maybe Grayson Waller. I just said I prefer Grayson Waller, but I think maybe one of them would be in this, and I think Austin Theory would be that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm what I'm gonna do then is I'm gonna throw out Escobar and put Theory in, and then much to probably the annoyance of the internet world, as I'm gonna throw out KO because I'm bored of him and uh, put LA Knight in there. Yeah, uh, Ellen Knight, Austin Theory. I mean, can I get Jimmy Uso and Solo in with him? Jimmy and Solo, and then... Yeah, and then I was going to say um, Karrion Cross, actually. Oh, yeah, nice, I like that. I, no, Yeah, no issue with that. I'd like yeah. that. I That'd think cool. for my fifth for SmackDown, I'd probably say someone like AJ Styles, maybe. Yeah, yeah, good shout. Um, oh, actually, so i I've just I've just thought of my fifth member for Team NXT. Don't worry about it. I'm sorted. Yeah, I'm trying um, to think of a fifth. I'm, so, I'm going to take the three you said and then have Trick as well. Yeah. And then... Oh, my... Dijak. I haven't That's exactly got who Dijak. I was thinking. I was thinking of Dijak, yes. I, mm. I haven't gone Dijak. I've gone the big, strong boy, Tyler Bate. I love me some Tyler Bate. So um, but yeah, Dijak, no, I wouldn't have an issue with that. Um and apologies, Johnny, for stealing half of your uh, your episode. I just as we were talking about it, I was like, let's um <laughs> let's throw in some names and how would we do it? But it's absolutely yeah. fine. Um Heel SmackDown. Johnny, yeah. Johnny, what are you thinking of uh War Games, Pierce, Aldis? Oh, or I mean, just a I, I, series in general. I love the way there's planting seeds here. Like, and again, the little things here where Nick Aldis is obviously the heel, Adam Pierce, who's been the good guy and done the job correctly. Slowly, the roster is turning against him because because Nick Aldis has got that British charm about him. It's like, oh, you know, I love having you here. We could have you on SmackDown and treat you like a star. Like the Miz has been told this now. He was talking to Caden Carter and Katana Chance there, and you saw their faces when they looked at Adam Pierce, like, oh, yeah, you're still our boss, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, Nick Aldis has got this, like, charm, like, Bond villain sort of thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, he seems like a nice guy, but really he's got something planned there, and it's like, no, no, SmackDown will be the best uh, roster here, even if it means taking Raw down with me and knocking your confidence, Adam Pierce. Because, yes, you might be... Uh, you know, we might be colleagues, but that doesn't mean that I have to be fair with you. You know, mm. just and it feels like you're slowly getting the heel turn from Nick Aldis already. I'd like to hear a, a theme song from uh, Nick Aldis at some point soon. Uh, I'd like to see what they're doing with that. I don't know mm. if Adam Pierce can ever wrestle, which is a shame because I do feel like a Nick Aldis Adam Pierce match would have happened if he didn't, was cleared to. Didn't he have a match with Roman? Whilst Roman's uh, been champion at the Royal yeah, Rumble, there, there, yeah. there was something like that. But but you do wonder, um, and I'm I'm hoping. Well, if, even if I've got the the commentary teams the wrong way round, but we know Corey Graves is cleared to wrestle, mm-hmm. and what is Wade Barrett's wrestling status? So perhaps if which one of them is on Raw now is great. Is it Graves? No, is, Barrett. No, is it Barrett? Yeah. So if Pierce is like can't go, is Barrett cleared, and we get Barrett mm. Aldis, which would be quality, I think. Yeah, yeah, and you've got to remember as well. Um, William Regal is on uh, in WWE again. 
I know he's not able to have a complete uh, appearance or something like that for like 12 months or something, but he is there. So at some point, I believe that was in January. So sooner or later, William Regal probably will be making an appearance again on TV. Mm. Um, but with the whole Nick Aldis thing, Adam Pearce, Adam Pearce I do like a lot. And as I mentioned in a video, he is one of the best authority figures in the last decade or so for WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when it agreed. comes to like choosing between the two, I like them both very, very much. I'm not going to pick Aldis over Pierce because, yes, it's brilliant to see him in WWE, but Adam Pierce has done a great job, yeah. Mm. I- I'm glad they've kept it rather than getting rid of Pierce and bringing Nick Aldis in. As much yeah, as I do yeah. like Nick Aldis, I, I Pierce deserves it, yeah. I, I completely agree. I'd probably, uh Obviously, I I love Nick Aldis and other stuff that he's done, but WWE, you, I've I've got to back Adam Pearce just because he's he's been there longer and yeah, he's mm. he's quality to watch. So yeah, I just like yeah. his his sort of like manner is like after I can't even remember who it was left this office earlier. He was like, I need a drink. Like it's just it's quite <laughs> uh, it's quite relatable in a sense. Isn't like it? whenever Chelsea yeah. Green walks in the room, he's like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> here we go again. Like could you go away? Which will tangent us on nicely uh, to people that are ruffling uh, Adam Pierce's feathers as of late. Uh, and I'm going to title this section Rhea Rhea Everywhere and Not a Drop to Drink because Rhea Bloody Ripley is absolutely everywhere at the moment, along with the Judgment Day. Uh, Raw in general. Except on Stu's face. A viewer, a viewer discretion is advised. Um, <laughs> that silent reaction from a stew tells you everything. Like, well, yes, but uh, <laughs> I do. I do hope Mrs. Matos doesn't listen to the episodes. Uh, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Rhea Bloody Ripley is everywhere because she is Monday Night Mammy. She is the needle mover, and she is the number one women's talent in the world and that's exactly where she deserves to be well that's... so and and here is my questions for you regarding that and i'm going to come to you first because i know Rhea is your girl <laughs> um we had judgment day open the show tim bella and damian priest we had judgment day close the show damian priest in a match with uh Sorry, I li- literally yeah. watched it earlier and I had a complete mind blank then uh, with Jey Uso. We saw Dominic Mysterio come out in the Logan Paul segment. We saw Rhea backstage talking to Seth. We saw Rhea come out during the Drew and uh, Sammy match. We also saw Rhea backstage with Dom when she cut off the Miz. First question is... Uh, so there's a two-parter. Question one is, is Raw slowly becoming too Judgment Day heavy? And question two is, what's Rhea doing? Because she's making deals with the Bloodline. She's making deals with trying to make deals with Drew McIntyre. And she's also trying to recruit and make deals with Seth Frickin' Rollins. What's her plan? Give us what's going on inside her head, Stu. Um, and, it, and, and it's inside her head, isn't going so, shoes, 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 shoes. That's not what's going on inside her head. <laughs> so, um, and also, I've, you uh, forgot to mention we also saw Rhea at the contract signing. 
creating chaos. Yes. Which is the yes. best thing ever. Um, yeah. So That's what I mean. There's, there's so much. <laughs> there, there's never enough. I, I, I don't know what you mean by that. Um, so I think the the thing the thing of it is is it maybe maybe raw you could say is very judgment day heavy however there'd be two parts to my answer for that would they be the same people that said smackdown was too bloodline heavy and then the bloodline went away and now they're like oh what the, what are we doing on smackdown so yeah. potentially um but i also think one thing that that the judgment day do better i say than what the bloodline did was they are shining a lot more on more people like jd mcdonough has come up and although he's not a member of the judgment day he's kind of there with the judgment day um so i do think that that is that's slightly different um with regards to what i think is going on with ria and what she is trying to do i think she is just trying to maneuver and manipulate as many situations for judgment day to come out on top as she possibly can um i don't know what all of them are i do think there's been some conversations with drew around if you don't win at crown jewel if you put Seth Rollins out, you can have the first shot at Priest when he cashes in. Um, I guess the conversations with Seth will be reminding them of, Dame, of, of Priest. Um, if we're going to look towards a, a Judgment Day style war games, is some of that conversation with Jey Uso about not going against the Judgment Day. You know, I don't know. I, I couldn't ever see someone like Jey Uso in the Judgment Day. Um, I don't think he would be the right the right fit. But, yeah, I, I think she's she's really playing that. I really, really don't want to compare Rhea Ripley to Paul Heyman. But I really like, I think she is, you know, that kind of puppeteer having, like, conversation and arcs with everybody to get, the outcome that they that she wants um and i i'm i'm all for it she is there is no doubt in my mind that she is the leader of the judgment day um which again says a lot for her development as a performer and as a character that you know no one as much as i've been a rhea ripley fan for years when she was recruited by edge and priest no one would have said in X amount of months, she is going to be the leader without like no one, no one would have had that. So I think, and I, and I enjoy it when, you know, what was the last faction that was led by a woman? Uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And that's, you I, know, I, not I just because I'm a rear probably fan. Say the, probably say the authority. Was that Steph or was that Triple H or was it both? Well, it was meant to be both, really, but... Um, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. We all know who wears the trousers in that situation. Um, <laughs> but, did, but, uh, did did Ivory, did she run right to censor? Or... That, was Steve, that was Stevie, wasn't it? That it, was, Stevie it, was, Richards, it was, wasn't it? Stevie yeah. Richards, wasn't it? It was Stevie Richards, yeah. Yeah. But one thing I will say, and I think this is, again, 
I know probably part of the reason why fans were, were are like it. Um, but, you know, Rhea had to sh- essentially shut up a We Want Mummy and a Mummy chant, and she's supposed to be a massive heel. And she doesn't act like a face. She acts like a heel and was still getting a massive... Re- like, the crowd reaction to her coming out for that contract signing mm. was, ma- like, was, was really positive. Um Saying that, I don't want face Rhea Ripley at the moment. I'm more than happy with what 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 we're what we're sort of getting, but I just think it's a real testament to the work that's that that's put put in that we're now seeing this. Um, mm. So, but you will never get a complaint for me when we're seeing Rhea on TV. Just... Well, no. <laughs> obviously yeah. not. Obviously not. Um, Johnny, now now we've got the uh, simping out of the way. Uh, <laughs> is is Raw relying too much on Judgment Day, and is there too much thing? Uh, is there such thing as too much of a Rhea Ripley? Um. Well, no. <laughs> um. Well, it, it it worked for Austin in the Attitude Era, where he was pretty much the main act on on Raw the whole time, and it was the most successful time period in wrestling. So, I think having a lot of one thing isn't a problem if they're used in the good way. Um, not suggesting Judgment Day. Oh, something that's really bothered me actually is JD McDonough just randomly appears this week. Last week he wasn't <laughs> on the short haul. It's like, all right, well, are we going to explain why he just? wasn't there or or what and there was no explanation to that um i think obviously i'm trying to compare it to the actual era it's a bit uh generous it's it's mostly you do if they don't know what else to do so let's put the judgment day in there because they seem to get eyeballs on the product a bit more than other things we can do um but i like seeing the judgment day as much as this i think they're a good faction you know they run wwe right so then they should be on everything because mm-hmm. they apparently run the place so it just makes sense with the character and these gothic thugs that they are right just want to get into fights all the time and cause bother and i think it works with the character that they're playing that they're just interfering in everything and at some point it should be a case of everyone turns against them and they get the comeuppance as it should happen with the bad guys, right? So I think at some point we'll have everyone just a- attacks the Judgment Day because they're sick of everything going on. And maybe Rhea takes a couple of moves from some of the guys as well because, you know, she, uh, I think she'll be more than happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hope that it, it's something like that, not like one member loses and goes right here out and then it just collapses that way. I think if they were all like, picked out of Raw at the same time or something, or exiled from Raw, you know, because it caused too much trouble, something like that would be an interesting way to go. And then obviously make a big return at some point, maybe individually. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fine having yeah. them on the show. And obviously I love hearing the theme song multiple times over. So <laughs> <laughs> It does... Um... It does make me laugh, though, that they kind of like almost offered a place to Drew and offered a place to uh, Jay, but they haven't for JD. It's like he's constantly, like they say on commentary, like he's constantly auditioning for, for a role in the Judgment Day. Like it makes me think that he's not something they potentially want long term. Mm. Well, I, I think, and for me, again, it goes back to the the strength in numbers and the strength in 
the strength in recruitment for the judgment day, if if you like, and Jay Uso or Drew McIntyre would be much stronger or would make the judgment day much stronger than JD McDonough would. So I, I think it's per I the way I would have it play out within storyline would be that would be that they know essentially Rhea or Finn knows they could click their fingers and JD would join the would join the judgment day. Yeah, but that's a really nice he, transition to how uh, what I was going to say. You mentioned clicking fingers. You know, I was thinking of Thanos there and how like you. What's more believable? So mm. you've got JD McDonough squaring up to Drew McIntyre. Who really do you think is going to win that fight? Like it yeah. just, it's not believable having JD McDonough as a, a threat to the world title. Um, but Drew McIntyre absolutely yeah. is. You know, yeah. and I think if you look in films and stuff, there's an obvious like person who you go well. Yeah, I believe them to win in a fight, but this guy, no, I don't think so. Now, JD, I'm sure could you know beat the crap out of all of us, but it's it's more like I'm talking about the character yourself. And... <laughs> <laughs> like in terms of like a, a character on television, I just he doesn't look as believable as the Drew McIntyre. And and we we spoke long 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 ago. You know, it'd be the same as if if they recruited Dijak up, he would be a much better and bigger threat in the judgment day than JD McDonough would, but yes. they know they've got JD McDonough on a string and that he would come in if they told him to, or said they wanted him. Mm. That's very true. That is very true. Um, sticking with the judgment day, uh, we're going to move on to our final topic of raw. We've got Cody Rhodes versus Damian priest at crown jewel. Some have said that it might be a filler match. I have a feeling that next week, I hope they don't, but that they could potentially put the briefcase on the line. I really hope they don't do that mm -hmm. because personally, I don't think that Cody can finish his story that way because that's like, that's not finishing the story. That's just jumping to the last page and see what happens. Um, Johnny, Damian mm -hmm. Priest, Cody Rhodes, what are your thoughts and would you be interested in the briefcase being involved? No, because yeah, same. we know what will happen and I don't want that. And Cody is not a heel and the Money in the Bank briefcase should be on a heel and it's on the perfect guy to do it. And WWE have a star in Damien Priest. Yes, Cody Rhodes might be the flavour of the month to them, but they have a big... Uh, star there and Damien Priest and don't bottle it and go, oh, we'll give it to Cody Rhodes. Keep it on Damien Priest. Give it to somebody else. Uh, Cody has beat the other two members of Judgment Day, and I think this is just a way of getting him to have a victory over all of them. I don't want the briefcase to be on the line, and I think if Cody Rhodes wants to do it correctly, as he keeps talking about finishing the story, cashing in on Roman Reigns after he's been knocked out isn't the way to do it. So mm -hmm. he'll want to do it the right way. And I think having the briefcase on him just wouldn't work for his character unless Damien Priest wins it back. The Money in the Bank briefcase for the men's side has been quite poorly used in the last few years, and I'm hoping they can change that. So, you know, twenty go back like 2019, like Brock Lesnar won it. What does he need that for? You know, and Otis won it the year after and then didn't even use it anyway. I mean, that wasn't too bad because we ended up getting Miz win the championship and Lashley win the belt from that. So it worked all right there. But then Austin Theory last year, like... You know, and they need to use it properly. And Damien Priest building a new star, giving a new uh, championship to somebody who's never held it. That's what it's for. 
and mm -hmm. giving it to Cody Rhodes would not do that. Yeah, no, I I agree. If if they do have the um, briefcase on the line, which I really hope they don't, Damian Priest has a hundred percent got to win that match. I'm kind of leaning towards him anyway. But Stu, what are your thoughts on this match and a potential of a briefcase being involved? Yeah, so you know, you guys, like everyone knows, I'm a. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say I'm a, a big Cody Rhodes fan. Like, I don't dislike him. I I do like him. Oh, um, I'm just just going to pause you there because you said in the group chat that you. I'm hoping this is what you're going to that you would say something on the podcast to do with Cody. Uh, yeah, yeah. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Take yeah. it away. Take it yeah. away. So you know, I'm. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm. You know, I haven't got posters of Cody Rhodes on my wall, and I don't. You know, think he's the greatest thing in the world ever. Um, but I, I like him. I think he's a top performer. I much prefer Damian Priest. I, I am a big fan of Damian Priest. And if the briefcase was to be on the line in this match and Cody was to win it, I would be done with Cody. Like I, I just, you know, I, I would I, would I have a problem with Cody winning the Rumble again and going on to beat Roman? I would because I don't like two-time winner, two-time in a row winners. I'd prefer it that to be a bit different. Um, would I have a problem with Cody beating Roman? Not really, but w I wouldn't have a problem as such with Roman winning that either. Um, but yeah, he doesn't need the briefcase. And I just, yeah, I, I would be done caring about this story and caring about what was going to happen if Cody had the briefcase because he doesn't need it. And he is, as much as people dislike it, he is already a big star. He doesn't need the briefcase to be a big star. Damien Priest winning a title or winning the world title would make him a big star. Cody doesn't need that. He can win that without it, would be my view. Now, um, obviously, Cody's got beef with Judgment Day. Judgment Day have beef with Cody. So it's not really a match sort of out of nowhere, but maybe for, for Crown Jewel it is. Like, do, do you guys see this as a as a filler match just to get them both on the card? Or or do you think there's a legitimacy for them to, to have this match here? Johnny? Uh, Cody Rhodes needs to be on every pay-per-view. Mm. You know, um, and to be fair, you know, that Judgment Day, Cody Rhodes is one of the big storylines right now. So it makes sense to have a match on here. But it's just... I don't see where this is going to go because it'll be Damien Priest might win or Cody Rhodes might win and it'll keep going with tag team matches every week with the Judgment Day <laughs> and Cody Rhodes. So it doesn't accomplish anything. Um, but I think, you know, they need to have Cody on the card. Mm. So this is and, the way of doing it. Yeah. And finally, Stu, obviously we saw Brock Lesnar take out Cody's arm and he wrestled with his broken arm in the cast. Priest has taken out his ankle. Are we going to see him wrestle in a boot? I I, I hope not. Just because, <laughs> just because it, it's not like, I mean, okay, wrestling with a, you know, with a cast or whatever is not the most realistic, but it's been done before. It ma it makes a some some semblance of sense. Wrestling with a boot on makes absolutely zero sense and should give him absolutely no chance of. And I think him in a big boot beating Damian Priest makes Priest look stupid. 
and we don't yeah. want that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I suppose last question for you both: Is there a potential for Judgment Day to all come down and start surrounding Cody, and we hear a uh, I hear voices to come to to come to Cody's aid? Well, the the Saudis would pay for it, and they may need someone Ooh. for war games, so it could happen. I mean, Rev Theory, uh, the band who does his song, keep teasing it on Twitter. So, There's lots I mean, of teases on Twitter, isn't there? Lots yeah, of teases. Um, they keep teasing it that, you know, when Roman Reigns came back, the tease that he was going to make an appearance there. And, you know, they can afford it. And if he's prepared to travel that far, um, I don't see why not, as I keep saying, as we've mentioned many times, Cody has to fight Randy at some point. So mm-hmm. he can come back and save him, but it'll be a very, very short thing before he gets RKO'd. But I think that would be something for me to want to have this match if I think that's going to be what comes at the end. It's all to build towards Randy making a return. Yeah. Because something needs to happen in this match that makes me want to makes me want to like watch this. And at the moment, it's just like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'll watch it because I like Priest, but I'm not really bothered. So this would make it like feel important. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, so that is the end of the WWE side of things. Now, Impact had their show at the weekend, Bound for Glory. And at the end, oh, I've got something in my eye whilst we're recording live. That's great. Um, I'm going to carry on. I'm a, I'm a soldier. <laughs> I know I'm professionalism and all that. Um, Bound for Glory at the weekend. And the show finished and they had a vignette which i thought the whole thing was really bloody cool and at the end of it just as they go to open the box you hear a voice whisper tna wrestling and then it shows loads of old clips of tna and its heyday its glory days where it's come from to where it is now Stu mm. and johnny you were both fans of uh both fans of tna back in the days can can they recapture what they once had just by purely changing a name? I don't know. Whatever one of you wants to go first. Um, well, I think to do that, they'll have to bring back some of the old names first. And one of them for me, I think AJ Styles might end up going back to TNA mm-hmm. because he's done everything in WWE. Nobody would have expected him to do what he's done. And he's got nothing left to prove. I mean, Roman Reigns, sorry, Jimmy Uso took him out. Maybe there's a world title match for him somewhere. But I feel like AJ Styles at this point in his career, bringing back the old school TNA, bring him back as well. And to AEW being the way they are, seems to have agreements with uh, people appearing on different companies. Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, all of those can also appear on TNA. Um, and I can't really comment on the the current crop of talent. I haven't really watched Impact enough to know. But, I mean, they can certainly attempt to bring back the way it used to be. But there's a few things you have to change, like six-sided ring, make sure that's there. Well, that's what made TNA so special, wasn't it? Six-sided ring as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just have a lot of more of the, you know, just look back at what they used to do and just... Well, right, well, this is how we used to do it. This is what made it successful. Let's bring it all back. And I think it's, you're starting to see that now. But they certainly can have the way they used to. Obviously, it's written by different people. 
So it just depends on if they can agree that's how we should go forward rather than just the logo. Yeah, of course. Um, Stu, uh, two things. One, what are your thoughts? And two, if they manage to get AJ Styles back, surely that's going to be the loudest welcome home chant we've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, I so I, I did a video on this yesterday and I my my biggest my biggest concern is that they're wanting to to play on the nostalgia fact of of TNA like I think I the wordsmith that I am eloquently said that when I watched TNA when I was younger I thought it was the bollocks and I I thought it was like it was it it was it was fantastic they had ludicrous they had ludicrous storylines and like it, it was it was very much almost almost AEW-esque when you know a big name from somewhere you know appeared in in TNA because they'd been released and stuff like that and it was it was brilliant um I just I just have that slight worry that would it be the same sort of thing if suddenly wwe tried to rebrand back towards the attitude era style of things and Mm -hmm. what worked back then wouldn't work now um but again like i said in my video i'm all for seeing where this goes because i did really like tna and but again is it is it any is it going to be any different to impact in terms of the writers or creative or anything like that or is it going to be the t- the impact writers under the tna brand because if that if that's the case i don't see what the change is going to be other than it'll probably bring some casual fans in remembering the nostalgia of tna and then after mm-hmm. a few weeks being oh this isn't tna this is still impact like i say it'd be if if that WWE rebranded itself back to rights that we've got now. It wouldn't be actually be what we've got now. It was with you know done a different a different thing. So I think a lot of it comes down to the writers as well. Mm. Um, yeah, if AJ goes there, it will be massive. It will be huge. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I I do think I think it would make sense. Like you say, they've got that deal and that sort of that working relationship. It seems with AEW. That gets Christopher Daniels. That gets Samoa Joe. That gets them sort of people. You know, the young bucks were in. Were in uh, TNA as well. They have them come you know, back as it, Generation Me for a few matches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know things like that. It, it 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 makes it makes sense for that working relationship. So I'm not. I don't want to shit on the idea. I just think it depends just as much on the writers as it does and writers and creative as it does the talent. Because if they don't change that, it's just going to be impact under the TNA name for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess let's not forget uh, other guys that are sitting over at AEW, obviously later on in their careers now, but Jeff Hardy was was in TNA for a while. Sting yep. was there for a, for a time as well. Um, obviously, I don't know what Kurt Angle's if Kurt Angle's in WWE. Is he on a Legends contract with WWE, is he? Uh, I think he will I'm be. Not, yeah, yeah I would have thought so. so. But 
It's, it's interesting you making the comparisons between AEW and TNA back in the day because I don't know if it was just me as a kid, I was younger back then, or if it's nostalgia kicking in or whatever. But I would happily go on record and say that TNA back in the day is better than AEW is now. Oh, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's more storylines. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would make that claim. Now, it doesn't feel like probably as much as put together. <laughs> some yeah. AEW uh, marks that listen to this episode that probably don't agree with me, but it's our podcast, so shut up. Um, <laughs> we uh, we will move on to the final segment of the show, which is aptly also before while, while we're on TNA. Oh, um, actually, yeah. uh, this week is a special week because I'm going to see TNA at the end of the week. You are. Tina is yeah. uh, doing a show in Newcastle, and um, one of the highlights of that is going to be Diona Parazzo against Trinity, Stu. Good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, can't wait. Um, and knowing my luck, someone under the name formerly known as Mustafa Ali probably makes an appearance. I don't know. He might make an appearance in <laughs> TNA if you're like, oh, look, it's, it's you. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Um, but I wonder what name they'd give him. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> We have Will Ospreay against Eddie Edwards, though, which I'm very excited for, getting Will Ospreay again. Uh, Will Ospreay spe- um, and Bailey was fantastic, by the way. Anyone that saw that at Bound for Glory ne- or hasn't seen it at Bound for Glory needs to go and see it. Go and watch it. Well, yeah, there's a few matches. Yeah. Sorry, carry on, Johnny, and then I'll go afterwards. Carry on with your... There's a few matches. So one tag team I really enjoyed back in the day in TNA was Motor City Machine Guns, and they are actually having a match against Moose and formerly known as Kurt Hawkins, Brian Myers, and Eric Young and Josh Alexander. Now, Josh Alexander is someone who apparently is very similar to Eric, um, sorry, likes Kurt Angle and all that. So if he's anything like that, I think I'm going to very much enjoy watching Josh Alexander because I've not watched him wrestle before. So um, there's a few names on here that I'm very much looking forward to seeing. Again, I've got old school names like Frankie Kazarian's there as well. And also, there's three women's matches, and that's a nice little uh, thing as well to see that. So that's one thing that Impact does is the women's wrestling is taken quite seriously in terms mm. of like its level yeah. with the men's wrestling on uh, So I must admit, I'm not someone who's watched much Impact recently, but I know most of these names, and I'm very excited to see what happens. And this is probably where it ends up where I go. You know what? I'm going to tune in every week after this. So mm-hmm. very excited for that. Yeah that's uh that's how it always happens um i will just get your boys views very quickly before we do move on to the last segment uh obviously Stu, you just mentioned will osprey's match at the weekend being a great match johnny you said you're going to see will osprey at the weekend he has said that he is open to anything and going anywhere in an ideal world where do you want to see him In an in an ideal, oh okay. No, you go. I say in in an in an ideal world, I think I'd rather see him in AEW because he will he will be used and utilized better. Um, but he will get more exposure in in WWE. But how long before he has to stop doing all the stuff that makes him? so fantastic and he's losing in feuds to like cedric alexander so mm. that that would be my worry there no hate to cedric but yeah Johnny? well 
I feel like if Will Ospreay really wants to push himself, WWE is where he should go. Because I think, again, what you're saying there, Stu, he would suit AW so well, and he has done. So to go to WWE to prove that he is as good as he says he is, where people would assume that he's not going to maybe have quite the success, well, prove everybody wrong then. Yeah. Go to WWE and prove that you are really the best wrestler on the planet, if you say you are, because he's pretty much said that. Um, and I like that confidence, but like it's the biggest wrestling promotion in the world. So you've and Will Ospreay can say all he wants that he he's, he doesn't mind, but there's a part of him that will hope he has a chance in WWE someday. And he's you know he's late twenties, so he's still got a long way to go in his career. And he's still got plenty of time, and I think we need to see him in WWE at some point just to see how good he really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, I, I agree. It's 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 WWE. Like the the mountaintop in professional wrestling is the WWE Championship. It's what any wrestler wants more more than anything. I think they're kind of like a part of them does anyway. I think they're lying to themselves if they say they don't at all. Obviously, I don't actually know that. I'm not a professional wrestler, um, <laughs> but. It's the WWE Championship, so go and get it, Will. Go, it's it's yeah. yours for the taking. Go and get it. But I think he's also I'm clever saying. enough to know that, like, he'll know in his mind whether it would work in WWE. Yeah, but he's clever enough to know that, like, yes, it will be good, but also at the same time, I know where they'll put me, and I just. I think he's going to have doubts about that because it's the easy way out and making probably more money in AEW as well if he just does that. Mm. I know we're about making yeah. money in the business and Tony Khan will pay whatever Will Ospreay asks. So I think if, if you know, you're going for the money, then AEW is probably the place for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, yeah. Can't, uh, can't dispute that. Um, mm. Now we will move on to the last segment. Everybody's favourite time of the show... Don't delete the tweet. And I believe this week it is coming from Johnny Goldsmith, even though he knows that if Stu sends this, he will get blocked because the person will see it and they will block him because of it. So I'm interested. Johnny, what have you got for us? Right. So, Stu, I'm going to be generous. You don't have to send this. Now, oh, it's not you. insult. It's not, it's not really, it's nothing bad, but it's to your good pal, Jay White, New Zealand. And it's uh, Jay White, more like Jay Shite. Hashtag bitch blade. Oh. Hashtag bitch blade. Oh. Oh. Send it, send no. it, send it, send oh. it. Now, bear in mind that one day we could end up interviewing Jay White. <laughs> so just be aware of that. So it's up to well, you. I mean, you, you. You've already said it on the episode now. So, mm. so Jay White, if you one day when you hear this, just know that we think you're fantastic. But I just want to see if you'll do it. Johnny thinks you're a little bitch. <laughs> He's doing it as well. Jay White, more like Jay Shite. Hashtag bitch blade. <laughs> <laughs> This is the best one. This is the best one yet. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I've just sent that. Oh. It's sent. Is it sent? Yes, it's sent. At Jay White NZ. It's gone. 
There you oh, have it, ladies and gentlemen. Stuart's done it. So we've had <laughs> we've had Jay White, we've had Nia Jax. Who else have we? CM had? Punk twice. Yeah, CM Punk twice. Omos Just, and Wardlow, I think. Confirmation here, I think. Just coming through on my phone right now. Brilliant. It is there, ladies and gentlemen, for everyone to see. It has been done. Lord Stu Matos on Twitter. <laughs> so, before... Jay, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? We haven't spoken about him yet on the podcast, so let's get it out of the way. Let's do the weekly Wardlow talk. Ward, I want to know. Wardlow. Wardlow. <laughs> I just want to know, what's your thoughts on, after all this, Matt Seidel makes his AEW debut and he gets squashed in 30 seconds. This guy who was Evan born in WWE, had a decent career, and then just that's that's his AEW thing is getting squashed by Wardlow after seven power bombs. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, I, don't I still can't believe I've sent that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Wardlow uh, is um he's coming after the world title that Jay yeah. White currently has on his shoulder. And he absolutely obliterated uh, MJF last time he fought him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it could happen. Different outcome this time around. <laughs> if Wardlow wins the AEW championship, then are you gonna stop watching Dynamite? No, I'm not. I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those. <laughs> um, but I'll do. I'll do something if Wardlow wins the title. I don't know what. Dude, I think um, what do you think of what's going to happen with the AW title? Do you think that uh, Jay White's holding it now because this is just going to be? This is the only time he actually ever holds it. He doesn't actually ever win it. Then MJF beats him no. for it officially. At some point, Jay White wins it. At some point, whether it's whether it's now or not, because. I've, I think I've picked MJF to lose his title about three times in his last six defences. So I, I'm probably going to avoid backing against him this time, but I do think Jay White has it at some point. Okay. No worries. I just wondered really because uh, I feel like MJF holding that belt is what's going to keep him there. <laughs> and the minute he yeah, loses quite, it, he's quite got possibly. The, he might lose him there. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably what will happen, to be honest, mm. as soon as it's off him. He's out that door. Yeah. But it would be interesting if he and Osprey both ended up on the same promotion. Sort of mm, yeah. big, big names are going to start <laughs> floating about with places to go. Obviously, apparently CM Punk has been offered a contract by Impact as well, but I assume every wrestling promotion, every three-letter promotion or any promotion has probably offered Punk something. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens when all these contracts do come up where these people do end up going. Did did you boys have anything else you wanted to discuss before we wrap the show up? No, I'm all good. Hey, Outcasted, you ready? We're coming for you. <laughs> this Bitch. is a very special day when this comes out the day after this comes out hopefully or maybe the day of i'm not sure how it's going to work but we are coming for outcasted on the this very week we are going to be challenging them in another quiz they asked for it so this is you know it's their funeral two for two that's what we're going for right boys 
Oh, yeah, yes. we are. We won't need that rubber match. That will not be necessary. The two out three falls match with two straight wins. <laughs> it's just what yes. we do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just how we roll. And that's going to be the name of this episode. It's just how we roll. Love there that. you go. Done. <laughs> so we have come to the end. Thank you if you've stuck around and listened to Stu call Jay White a little bitch. Um, <laughs> I have been J.E. WrestleTalk. I'd like to thank my guests and my guests, my co-hosts, not my guests, my co-hosts. Um, Johnny, where can people find you online? You can find me on TikTok at Johnny Goldsmith, as always. And just uh, really, that's where I'm most active. So you want to find me on there. And of course, Snapbacks and Beards TikTok as well, which we all use. Um, but I'm trying to still work through the 16 good things about the young books. So keep an eye on that. <laughs> I'm very, very far behind. But it's struck, I'm finding it difficult to find 16 good things. I'm so, but I'm trying. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> um and Johnny uh, uh Johnny's just done his I'm gonna stop plugging my Instagram as well, I think. Uh Stu, where can people find you online? People can find me hiding in a dark room on my own after <laughs> sending that tweet to Jay White. Um you, know, you can find me on my my main social is my TikTok, that wrestling guy, TWG nineteen ninety-one. So I think the actual handle is TWG nineteen ninety-one, but that wrestling guy find me on there for coming up to about a month and a half of daily content so it's it's Love going it. well and don't don't confuse him for the australian guy that's also called that wrestling guy no um, i am fully english <laughs> and you oh, can yeah, find yeah he's good as well yeah i like him <laughs> yeah i do like him to be fair shout yeah. out to you if you listen yeah. to this um yes. and you can find me on tiktok as well at je wrestletalk and as johnny said as a collect uh, as a collective on tiktok at snapbacks and bids but thank you all for listening and tune in next week because we will be doing our crown jewel predictions with our competition on thursday one of outcasted but she will be our guest and we can't wait to have her on it will be g formerly known as unicorn goth joining us for our crown jewel predictions we're very looking forward to that aren't we boys absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah look forward to seeing her so thank you all for listening thanks guys and we'll see you again soon